0: This is your Wednesday Daily Delivery. I'm Michael Rand. Hope you guys are doing well today. Good show coming up here. Chip Scoggins will join me here in a little while. Star Tribune columnist had a really interesting piece the other day on a local athlete who had played hockey and lacrosse all the way up through his you know, youth and high school career and then all of a sudden switched to Football gave football a chance for a year and all of a sudden got a ton of college recruiting and actually just ended up um committing to play for Miami. So talk to Chip about that. Really interesting, just kind of the process of what led up to that and things like that. So hope you enjoy that. Chip and I also talked about Andrew Wiggins and the uh the playoffs he is having for Golden State and you know not really quite entering Regret territory so much yet here, but uh, you know, certainly having a very good finals and kind of making you wonder a little bit of what if, if you are a Timberwolves fan, got to get to the Twins. They lost in Seattle, they've been shut out now. This was a shutout loss five nothing, they've been shut out more than any other team in the majors, which is kind of a surprising stat when you, you know, understand they're in first place. So we'll uh, we'll talk about that game for a little bit. Lynx lose again um better process in this game. A close loss, but a loss nonetheless. This one, I believe the final score was 81 to 79, losing to uh losing to Seattle. You know, Seattle's a good team, so you know, no no shame in in that really, but you know, 3 and 12 now for the Lynx. We'll get to that. In a little bit as well. links had a big lead in that game. Could not hold on to it. First though. What did I miss? Want to talk just for a couple minutes here. We'll get more details on this. I think as time goes on. <clears throat> but um, learned on Tuesday. Apple TV and Major League Soccer. 10 year partnership. A stre- The streaming service is going to bring. Every Major League Soccer game. Um, to fans through Apple TV's app. Um, sounds like there's not so much of a rights fee. This is I'm reading for the the Associated Press story, but a minimum guarantee to the league of at least two hundred and fifty million dollars a year, which is pretty hefty. Now, this you know, it's just interesting. I, I don't, I don't think we can you know, go too deep on this right now because some of the more of the details of this will emerge. But, you know, if you are a Minnesota United fan, no matter where you live, there's no blackout restrictions or anything on this. No matter where you live, if you have Apple TV, um, you know, starting this, it'll be starting next year. If you have Apple TV, which, I you know, I I've had it periodically in the past to watch certain shows like Ted Lasso. And then have dropped it when I didn't want it anymore, might be an incentive for me to have it uh, during the season. And this kind of feels like, you know, I, we we keep saying this. This is the future of sports streaming, and kind of this fragmenting of channels is the future of sports. Uh, it's kind of the present of sports now. When you think about how many different games now are going to be available on different streaming services, and now that, you know, now that Apple TV, now that a major player in streaming has Gone all in on a league, and soccer makes sense, right? I think reading from the story, it's a you know it's a younger audience. It's an audience that's used to getting its content through streaming anyway, whether it's MLS or other. I think it said yes. Studies of MLS fans, eighty-three percent watch it on streaming or recorded TV in a typical week. Um, It's very uh, a big increase over like the average TV viewer. So, you know. It makes sense to try it in this context, <clears throat> but it's still interesting. What what might be next? Will you in you know five years will various streaming services have entire packages of games? Will they have entire schedules um, so that you know, you're not just paying for you know cable or you know one of your streaming services that's like cable, like a Hulu or a you know YouTube TV to try to get your sports what if you have to pay for a lot of different packages in order to get all these leagues interesting to me anyway that, uh, that that's where we are with this i'll be interested to see how this plays for mls and apple tv next year but it's going to be different it's going to be different to have this have this like this i mean you're kind of used to having all your sports more or less in one place and now an entire league Uh, Sounds like it'll be shifting to Apple TV. So more details on that, like I said. But found that to be interesting. The future of TV is now the present of TV. Take a playcation to Mystic Lake for 24-7 gaming, fun restaurants and bars, and luxurious hotel rooms. And join Club M to bask in the rewards. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. I'd like to welcome Star Tribune columnist Chip Scoggins onto Daily Delivery today. I want to talk to Chip about a few things. Um, uh, interesting piece you had the other day, Chip. How you doing? I'm doing great, Mikey. How are you? I'm good. Just trying to. We're recording Tuesday afternoon. It is hot outside. It's an understatement. It's gonna be I like it's a couple of days. It's gonna be like a hundred in the next like
1: week or so. Bring it on! I love it. You love the heat, tennis, yeah. Europe. This yeah. is this, this is my kind of weather. The hotter, the better. I love it. Wow, I get. I, I was more a fan
0: of the mild, low to mid seventies somewhere we were having, but uh, you can have it your way for a little while. We'll jump in the pool. <laughs> we'll, we'll be good. Um, hey, I guess you you figured out the new um the new path to college football scholarship, which is basically to ignore football for almost your whole life. Uh, tell me about this interesting athlete you wrote about and kind of the unusual path he has taken to now committing. It sounds like to play at Miami.
1: Yeah. This, uh, a kid from Woodbury named Jackson Carver. Um, I, have been, you know, covering college sports for a long time and, and recruiting not intensely, but following it. And I've never seen a story like this. Um, so Jackson Carver was a kid who grew up in Woodbury, um, was a really good, hockey player and lacrosse player never played football uh, hockey and lacrosse his two sports he went to St. Thomas Academy um, and played lacrosse there and in uh, Minnesota Blades he played in their program which is you know a top uh, you know hockey program in the state and he always played up so he he had ambitions of playing college hockey maybe professional hockey uh, lacrosse kind of won over his heart and he became a top lacrosse player he committed to play college at notre dame in south bend and so that's you know nothing to uh shrug your shoulders at a uh, play lacrosse at notre dame and so there's a a uh top lacrosse prep program at a, at a place called culvert academies in indiana it's a military academy a boarding school yep. my understanding is it's basically the shattuck picture yeah. of shattuck hockey this is how it is for lacrosse or a top five program they put okay. you know yeah. national Makes schedule sense. so he transferred out there uh, from st thomas academy his in the winter of his junior year so he went first semester to st thomas second semester because he's it's a spring sport so he played it there and because of he, he played hockey all his life august is the big uh, month for hockey tournaments with minnesota blades and you're always traveling he never had a chance to play football he was always a hockey player, so it just overlapped and didn't coincide. So, because he wasn't going to be doing that his senior year at this Culver Academy, so he said, "You yeah, know, maybe I'll try football." And so he asked the coach there at Culver if he could join the football team when he came back from summer break, and the guy said, "Sure." And He's six foot six, two hundred twenty pounds.
0: Yeah, so he's he's a big he's a big kid. So
1: big, strong kids. When you see him, I mean, he's muscular, just well put together, good athlete. So the coach said, "Well, I can see him as a defensive end, maybe a you know a tight end." So they sent him home with a jugs machine. The coach, I talked to the coach. He said, "Well, we're a boarding school, no one's here in the summer, so we didn't have any use for this jugs machine." So the parents went out, moved the stuff back, and they threw it in the bed of their truck and brought it home and here in Woodbury, and they put up the jugs machine in the basement and bought ten footballs. And again, the kids never played football, knew nothing about it, really, just kind of watched it casually. So his brother, younger brother, who goes to St. Thomas Academy, would feed the jugs machine. He would yeah. catch him in the base, 200 catches a, a, a day. He would work on it. So he started taking videos of himself. He made one video where he had 10 catches in a row with his left hand, 10 with his right hand, one handed grab. So he, he sent the video to the Culver coach and said, Hey, here's, here's what I'm doing. I'm working on it. Co- coach was so impressed. He said, do you mind if I send this out to some college football coaches? I know, I know you're committed to play lacrosse, but yeah. I, you know, I just want to send this out. So he sent it to Brian Kelly, who was then the Notre Dame coach. He sent it to uh, Wake Forest, Indiana's assistant coaches. Next day or day after, the Indiana tight end coach called and said, "We we need to get this kid on for official visit. We need to get him on campus." Um, school started looking at his uh, lacrosse video because there was no football video. He you know right. um, saw his athleticism, so he he, he goes to make a. Uh, He visits Indiana uh, last week of July, you know, last summer. And they put him through a workout. When I say he knows nothing about football, the Indiana coaches had to show him how to get in a three-point stance. Wow. Like, you know, and part of these recruiting business now, they always put the uniforms on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't know how to put the football uniform on. He had to have – he came out (laughs) two minutes. Like a six-year-old getting his
0: skates put on him or something.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because somebody showed me how to put the pads on. From that – he plays last fall. He had, and all these coaches saw him. He had over 30, uh, division one scholarships, Gophers, Wisconsin, Iowa, LSU, Auburn, Michigan state, uh, Miami. He was going to, uh, he was scheduled to visit Alabama unofficially tomorrow, Wednesday, but I assume he's canceled that now because he committed to Miami. He took an official visit to Miami over the weekend. Um, I, I thought that was probably going to go well. He had a, a previous visits lined up later this month with Iowa and LSU. I assume he'll cancel those now um, that he's committed to Miami. But he's played – I don't know how many games they played in 10. 10 football games in his life, and he had all this – because coaches look, look at his size, 6'6", 220. And he had good – he has really strong hands. You can see he's a good athlete. Um, by watching his lacrosse film and um, they look at size and potential and, and it's amazing that, you know, from just saying, hey, I'll I'll go out for football this year to all of a sudden he's a four-star athlete. I think uh, rivals has him as 15th best um, tight end prospect in the country. And what he did also, because, so he graduated from that Culver academies a couple of weeks ago. Um, He was a senior, but because he's, just now, he didn't really start getting recruited until last winter. Well, everybody has their classes full by then, so he reclassified. And he's young for his age; he just turned eighteen. Okay. Um, so he's going to go play at a prep school in Connecticut um, this year. Just, just go the fall as a postgraduate, play you know the football season, and 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 then enroll at now Miami or whichever school he went to. But since he committed to Miami, he's going to roll in there in winter. Um, and just go through spring ball so it's, it's talk about a whirlwind that oh. is a whirl. that is a whirlwind of recruiting there and a
0: couple things about this um you know one it does show how much you know not just size you know but athleticism how much that transfers and we get so many i feel like we went through and royce and i talked about this on monday a little bit because was talking about all this about all the st louis park baseball players who play multiple sports Mm-hmm. we went through kind of this phase where there was the, this intense specialization. It was like, now you got to do this sport and you're going to do it all the time. And I feel like it's coming back a little bit. And it does kind of show like, if you're a good athlete that transfers yeah. a lot of different places. Like he, he, you got a guy here who could, who could have been a lacrosse, a D one lacrosse player plays football for a year, but because of how big he is, because of how athletic, athletic he is, and you know, presumably because of what he's also shown on the field a little bit. Um, he's a D one football recruit now.
1: Well, and I do think, when you talk about specialization and I hate to say this about frame it this way, but it's hard for the average kid. And I'm saying average in air quotes, right? Um, the kid that's the sixth or fifth or eighth guy on a basketball team to say, you know, I'm going to play these other sports. And then I'm going to come back and just pick up basketball. doesn't really work that way. A lot of kids have to play year round in that sport, specialize in that sport just to make the varsity team. But if you're an athlete like this, and not even, I'm not even saying like Joe Maurer, but just a a really good athlete. There are things that transfer. I mean, this kid has great hands, and I'm sure that's, you know, lacrosse, you have to do it. Lacrosse is a physical sport, so it wasn't having to put on shoulder pads and, you know, smash into somebody. Wasn't something completely foreign to Jackson. Um, So I think um, there is something to be said if you have the athleticism and – uh you know eye hand coordination and and just the competitive drive that a lot of these sports require I think it's good and it's it, it does it's not the norm like I said I've never seen anything like this where a guy can just play one year or something but um but it, it makes sense when you if he had never been an athlete right if you're just like yeah I'm just gonna try sports <laughs> first time right? <laughs> right, that'd be different it's like all yeah. his life he had been in the school play <laughs> And now, now he's going to try sports. Now I'm going to play quarterback for Alabama. <laughs> so, uh, But no, I mean, I, but as much as anything, it does speak to the evolution of that particular position he's playing tied in yeah. and, and how football is now that if you can get a big target with a good athlete, who can run. I'm sure the, these coaches know he's incredibly raw. Like <laughs> when he was playing football, uh, Jackson there. I mean, he didn't really know the game. He learned how he didn't know the game. He didn't follow it that closely. So he, he learned what cover two is playing Madden uh, football. When he got there, like, he didn't know that you couldn't. He was playing defensive tackle and the, the quarterback was doing the cadence and he was mimicking it, trying to throw him off. He didn't know you couldn't do that. He, he thought you could hit the quarterback whenever just (laughs) three seconds after the the release of a scene from an Adam Sandler film or something (laughs) like like he really knew not much at all about football so they're getting a raw product but I think the coaches said okay you can't coach 6'6 220 right and you know and you know he's going to put on 30 more pounds wherever he goes through a college strength program so he's going to be a real specimen when they get done you know putting the weight on him
0: what do you think other football players think about this? This guy just kind of waltzes in and it's just like I mean, not that not that it matters. It's just like funny. Yeah. It's just
1: like you, you come in here and also a <laughs> a you're the fifteenth best tight end in the country. I know. Well, it, it's I'm sure when he tells the stories, guys are gonna be like, "What we played this right. since we were right. seven, or whenever." Yeah, His college
0: teammates are gonna be like, "I'm sorry, what now?"
1: Yeah, you you don't you learn by playing Madden. That's how you-, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know That's you couldn't right. hit the quarterback. I I I, you know, I, I am curious to see. The, the learning curve. I don't know if he'll redshirt or assume. Um, yeah. Cause there's still just so much for him to learn. I mean, he didn't know like route, you know, how to run routes and stuff. But he's a smart learner. I will say this, he's a four O student. He went to that military Academy and where it's like true military. They lived in, in barracks, had ranks, marched to breakfast, you know, and he uh, in only a year and a half, which is almost impressive in there. He rose to second, in command in his unit, which had 54 kids in it, cadets in it. So he was the second highest ranking officer there, which tells you the kid has some pretty solid makeup and character about him and leadership sure. skills. So he's, he's a fast learner, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I think he'll grab to you. But it's, it. But if, you know, when I heard the story, it, uh, my reaction is like are like what one year and he's got all these division ones So it's not, it's not a common thing you know i'll say that. no
0: last question on this and we got to get to a couple other things um one um was it uh, was it hard for him to give up lacrosse in this way i imagine if he's been playing that his whole life if that was something he committed to do in college obviously like you know professional upside is greater yeah. in the football route like if you happen to get really good and go to the nfl you have a chance to have a, a life changing amount of money and fame. But I, I would imagine giving up a sport, you know, that you've played a long time would also be difficult.
1: Yeah, he said it was a little, not as much as I thought. He said, I don't know if it was a little bit burnout on it. Yeah. Um, but I I mean it was. He he loves the sport, obviously. But I think he also looked at it as like I I don't even know what the lacrosse scholarship situation is. It's definitely not full ride uh anywhere whereas football, you're getting a full ride. And so, but he just fell in love with football. He's like, I want to play in the NFL and it, and it's him and his family were very strategic about looking at schools that have a track record of developing tight ends. Um, and I think that's why I was high on his list, Miami. Um, he, he was very deliberate and had a plan. And he's like, I want to go somewhere where they, they develop tight ends and they put them in the NFL. And so that's kind of, how he narrowed down his list of, I don't know if you'd call them finalists, but um, so, yeah, I mean, just like hockey, he, he, you know, he missed when he had to give up hockey. He loved that sport. Uh, he loved lacrosse, but I think just something about football really pulled on him and, and the, you know, aspiration to try to be an NFL player someday.
0: Let's switch gears chip to Andrew Wiggins, who in these, NBA finals looks like he's playing an entirely different sport than the one he used to play with the Timberwolves. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's uh, what? 26 points and 13 rebounds in game five. That win. I mean, Steph Curry goes 0 for nine from three point range. Andrew Wiggins, probably the best player on the court in that game. And that was coming off by a game far. Where he had, and that was coming off a game where he had like 16, 17 rebounds. i like, that. he's had, I've yeah. counted him up. He's had six double digit rebound games in the playoffs so far and you know again the regular season he was fine there was a lot of these stories written like andrew wiggins turning the corner and then he'd have you know two weeks where he disappeared so it's not like he's completely changed but man yeah chip in these finals and in these playoffs he's been he's been very good he's been impressive
1: yeah and when you watched him game five how many wolves fans said that's what you wanted andrew wiggins to be i mean that i mean when he was here he, he would have games where he'd go off right the, right
0: the attack, attack Wiggins it, yeah, would come
1: out. Yeah, he would score. But to me, look at the way he's rebounding. Right. I mean, he's soaring above the pack to come down with rebounds. And he's just – he's been one of the three best players on the court for the entire series. You know, I mean, Jason Tatum has a lot of turnovers, but he's been, you know, good for them. And then obviously Steph had a terrible game five shooting ball. He was good in other areas. But – um, but Wiggins is not, and we, we've said that, right? Well, if you get him out there and you surround him and he doesn't have to be the alpha and he can kind of be a complimentary piece. And a, and I buy that a little bit. He's not being, there's nothing complimentary about what he's doing right now. I mean, he's playing like a star, like one of the best players on the court. And so it's in there. It's not like you just have to hide him and, oh, we'll just take whatever he gives us. No, that's that's that narrative is completely false. Um, it's, I don't know whether to be frustrated or, Delighted that he's that he never saw sure. it consistently here, or delighted that maybe he is showing himself and the world that okay, he can be the guy that everybody thought he was going to be.
0: And it comes at a time too; it's opportune time for him doing this on this stage. This is the time when guys want that next contract because he's only got the one year left. He was on the yeah. same timeline as D'Angelo Russell. We don't need to get too deep on Delo because you and I seem to talk D'Lo. Every single yeah. time we talk, because it's a shared passion, a shared frustration. However, you want to put it, <laughs> um, and there's been plenty out there of you know wolves, push, perhaps pushing the narrative of trying to trade him this off season, and rightfully yeah. so, based on kind of where everything ended last year and where his contract is. But you know, with, with Wiggins, it's you know you, you did think it was always there, and you, you wonder, you know, is it is it sustainable? Is he going to keep this going? But he is stepping into that territory like ever so slightly he's not in like david ortiz territory or yeah you know or you know other guy kg you know had so many great years here that goes and wins his championship in boston he's not in that he's not in that you know regret territory yet but he's 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 closer than he ever thought he's closer than i ever thought he'd get
1: yeah and it's you know obviously you have to see it for longer stretches but and i always wrestle with this mike because how many chances and how long does a guy get in the market before you say, you know, you just didn't, you had enough chances. You didn't maximize, it, you know, versus boy, they, they really dropped the ball in developing him. Right. So what, what is it? You know, like I'm sure they tried different approaches with Andrew Wiggins. here, And, and I do think there is, I, I don't want to totally discredit the fact that here he had to be the guy. Yeah. There he, there at Golden State, he does not have to be the guy. And maybe mentality wise that helps him. Um, but he is the guy, he is one of the guys right now in this series. And so that's, to me is like, you know, he's separating from being a, just a piece to being a very important player for him. So, but I, I go back to, is like, when they got rid of him, I cheered it. Like to get rid right, of give it, I mean, yeah, we all did. Did they not surround him with the right people? Did they, was there too much pressure of him trying to be, the number one guy at age 19 and 20, is he now just maturing and growing? Was the culture not good for him? Yeah. Like, that's where I, I um, you know, it's like somebody was talking about Miguel Sano. Watch if they get rid of him, he goes somewhere and becomes a great player. It's like, well, he's had a lot of chances here. Right. It's not like they didn't give him a, right. he had a short lead. And so that's where I always struggle with is, is – you know, Ortiz, he had a lot of chances here. It right. just, you know, but do you blame the team? Do you blame the, the athlete yeah, when they go on know. to do something else? I don't know. What, what do you think? I don't I'd, know. I'd be
0: really interested to see Wiggins playing for Chris Finch with the roster they had right yeah. now. And I don't, You mean, again, it's, it's, it's all hindsight. You're right. We all were like, wow, they got rid of him and they were able to get the guy they said they wanted at the same time. And it didn't seem like it cost that much you didn't know is going to be the number seven pick at the time you thought hey they could be pretty good maybe that pick's going to be in the teens whatever but whatever the cost was they did it all at once and you're right he had all these chances here and i don't even know if they get edwards if wiggins is still here because maybe they win a few more games that sure. year and they, they don't get that number one pick but it would be interesting to see how chris finch used him because man this year's team could sure
1: use an athletic
0: wing that can I rebound
1: know. yeah well, yeah and, and... I don't know that he really rebounded this way. His rebounds just jumped out to me in this series. I mean, yes. he's getting everything. And I, I do wonder, too, how much how much do you think just age and maturity and being in a league has kind of made him feel comfortable? And, and I'm sure yeah. being around Steph and Clay and Draymond helps you ease in. We're like, well, it's not all on my shoulders. because It was all on him. Right. You know, not all on him, but him and Towns, they had to carry. They were the guys. They were going right. to be the franchise, you know, and maybe that's just not. Maybe that makes him feel uncomfortable. I don't know, but it's <laughs> I do know when you watch him and you watch him in that game five, and you and really this entire series, but game five particularly, is like that is a special talent that we thought he was gonna be in in the Timberwolves uniform. And it for whatever reason, it just um it didn't happen here. And so <laughs> I'm sure the Wolves fans are like just holding their head watching this, you know. <laughs> Not only you have Steph Curry. Yeah, not
0: with bad <laughs> I know the Curry thing was like 13 years ago. Like we were
1: maybe like we're never, get, never getting over that, Mike. Right. Never. We're, we're trying.
0: It's been 13 years, <laughs> and we're like maybe, maybe if whoever has gotten over that now has to deal with Wiggins being, you know, the uh, the second, you know, kind of a, rescuing
1: best player on the best player on the court, on the like the court. And then, a mile.
0: And then what's going to happen now is whatever happens with Wiggins, well, who knows if he stays or goes? He's yeah. still going to be expensive. Curry's going to be there for a while, but then Kuminga, the guy that got with the seven pick, that's going yeah. to be the next guy to carry on the legacy of uh, hurting well, I, the walls.
1: Yeah, and I, I, do, I do wonder too, like if you put Wiggins on a team where he is the guy, he is, you know, we all label, you know, you're the number one or one of your two, and whether that means anything or not, just in perception and way guys feel about it, he could go in there and not feel like the weight of the world on him because yeah. he didn't have to be. But if he went to an organization where he's got a massive contract and it's a clear he's their one or two is he going to take that and play play with that kind of personality um, I don't know I yeah. don't know
0: I don't know either well game 6 should be interesting it feels like this one might be going 7 these teams are the games have been you know roller coaster rides within the games themselves back and forth it's been a pretty good entertaining series. I hope selfishly that it goes, uh, that it goes seven and we get to see more of this, uh, chip. Good stuff. Appreciate it. Um, we'll do this again soon. All right. All right. Thanks, Mike. You see me. Great to catch up with chip. Did a terrific job on that column. Like we talked about good conversation about Andrew Wiggins as well. That series, if you'll remember, will resume Thursday in Boston game six in Boston must win for the Celtics. We'll see if they can extend it to a seventh game, or if Golden State finishes them off. NHL Finals, by the way, start tonight. Tampa Bay at Colorado, 7 p.m. Start in that one. That season going pretty long this year because of the uh, break, the Olympic break, that didn't end up needing to be an Olympic break. All sorts of um, things pushing that back. So that I believe that season could go as long as June 30th if it goes to a seventh game. But we'll see about that. Should be a great series. Um, both those teams flying in the playoffs Colorado just a juggernaut of offense um, Tampa Bay will try to slow them down make that more of a uh, make that more of a tighter checking series I would imagine but either way those are two very good teams should be a fun series to watch couple things we need to get to quick like I said at the jump twins lose five nothing to the Mariners got four hits total in that game. Joe Ryan coming back from the injured list, uh, had kind of a shaky outing in that one, didn't even make it through five innings, gave up four runs, so one they would like to just kind of wash away, I would imagine. One thing to watch, and we've talked about this I think a couple different times, but the standings are kind of strange. Twins, two and a half games up, still in the AL Central at 36-28 and 28 after that loss. The Cleveland Guardians, two and a half games back, but one game up in the loss column, owing to the very bizarre schedule where they've had a lot of games rained out, things like that. They are 30-27, and so six fewer wins, one fewer loss than the Twins. So when Cleveland ends up making up those games with a bunch of doubleheaders, I think one of those is even against the Twins uh, before the All-Star break. We'll see if they are making up ground or losing ground with the games they have to make up. Twins and Mariners again today. That's a three o'clock start in that one, so maybe a better chance to watch it instead of those late night West Coast games. Let's finish with the cooler Lynx lose again, three and twelve again. Like I said, a better effort. They had an eleven point lead but could not hold on to it. That team just struggling all around. When you're three and twelve, I guess that goes without saying. We're just not used to it. We're not used to seeing this team struggle. To The effect it is, but when you're missing so many good players, um, yeah, you would imagine that's going to happen. So, I don't know, I don't know what happens next. Do you, uh, do, you know, if they fall far enough, they could be in the mix for a very high draft pick. Interesting thing to watch is that Paige Beckers, the UConn star, the former Hopkins star, would be eligible for the next draft 2023. She would just be, a, she would have just finished her junior year, but she would be old enough. To be eligible for the WNBA draft, so keep that in mind. If the Lynx keep sliding in the standings, not that they're going to try to, you know, uh, tank. I guess is the is the uh, the word that, that 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 we throw around for teams that are purposely losing. I don't think they would ever do that. I don't think Cheryl Reeve has that in her DNA. But if they lose organically and get into the mix for one of those top picks, watch that uh, as we get closer to the 2023 WNBA draft. That'll do it for today. Good stuff coming up on Thursday. I think I'm going to have Chris Hine, Timberwolves beat writer, on to talk draft stuff. We'll be be one week out from the NBA draft tomorrow. Um, Talk some other Wolves offseason stuff. So until then, enjoy the rest of your day. We'll catch you again on Thursday.